We're live. We're live. We are live. And? And? Hello, everyone. Father Fred. <laughs> Father Fred, cue the music. Do we have the music? What music are we talking about? I don't know anything about no stinking music. <laughs> a commercial. What kind of deal is this? I, I got a commercial. Okay. Anyway, I just want to say welcome to everybody. Welcome everybody to Episode our 11. show. We are live. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties, but that's okay because that's what it's all about when we go live here at Ancestral Eyes. So we're having a repeat performance, and we are welcoming back Father Fred Ashmead, Bishop Bernard Fred Ashmead Bernardo. Bernard. Bernard, okay, all right. Uh, we're, I can tell this is not going to be a it's it's not going to be a straight show. Okay, this is going to be one of those uh, where everything goes wrong is going to go wrong. Welcome to Mercury Retrograde on Ancestral Eyes. <laughs> hello, Teresa. Hello, Jean-Jerome. Hello, boy. Hello, Father Fred. Welcome back. Nice to have you back on the show. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Bishop uh, Fred uh, basically uh, was our first guest on episode one on a new moon, and we're very happy to have him back with us, part of the family on episode eleven on a full moon. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it's going to be an interesting show. We're going to get an opportunity to pick up where we left off on that first show, and yes. cover some very interesting uh, topics and uh, discussions. Over to you, Teresa. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And welcome, Jean-Jerome, my co-host. <laughs> I'm getting really everybody. better at this. Okay. So, um, yes, as we left off with uh, the last time we had our show, we had some tech technical difficulties. <laughs> Today it's going to be all about Teresa's technical difficulties and her mouth that she just washed and she can't do anything with. So um, we're going to pick up from where I think I remember the last time you were on our show, Father Fred. But um, just to do a quick recap, uh, we got on to how you came about to be on your spiritual path. So could you give us a quick sort of uh, Coles Notes condensed version of that? And then I want to fly into the more interesting uh, topics that I know we like to talk about. I'll be glad to. Uh, for... Um the entirety of my life, I was a Roman Catholic. Uh, sometime around um, 13 years ago, I had a heart attack and was not able to do things for a while. And uh, uh, I decided 
um, that I should take some college courses. So I decided to take some sem seminary courses. And that was really the, um, the turning point that, um, uh, that sent me on a journey of discovery and uh, new faith traditions with Mary Magdalene. Okay. Now, when you say Mary Magdalene, you are referring to your church, of course. And was this sort of a, a self-discovery of oneself or of oneself and other spiritual beliefs? So let me just sort of recap. Tell me a little bit first about your church and its background. Teresa, as you may know, I am mm -hmm. a strong advocate for uh, women's rights and freedoms and liberties. You absolutely and, are. And I have uh, been of that personality uh, for as long as I can remember. And... Um, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, find a beautiful lady to love um, for the last 48 years, uh, Donna Ashmead. And she's amazing. And she um, really uh, taught me on a daily uh, journey uh, the, the true values and, and wisdom that knowing a woman um, that shares her life with you. And so as I um, read uh, from different holy texts, not just the Bible, uh, mm -hmm. I became aware of the absence of women, especially uh, women in leadership. And mm -hmm. always felt like there was a giant uh, hole there, uh, not in me, in me, but in uh, all faith traditions and in the world. And mm -hmm. uh, remembering that this uh, was evolving at the same time that our society was evolving, from mm -hmm. a time when uh, women were not uh, doctors in very many numbers were not lawyers Correct. in very many numbers. Um, uh, did not have what we would take for granted as our rights, and uh, and still to this day don't um, uh, have equal rights guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution. So, uh, but along the way. Um, I discovered uh, that there was uh, an outstanding, dynamic, faithful woman named Mary Magdalene that uh, learned and shared a ministry with uh, Jesus. And, um, and around the time of my heart attack, uh, I became aware that there was a, a great deal more scholarship than I knew. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then along came a movie uh, by Dan Brown called The Da Vinci right. Code. And right. that uh, really brought it home for me. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I didn't buy every proposition in that movie, but I accepted it as exactly. more of a question and answer. And so mm -hmm. uh, I started sharing those views um, and to make this, this part of the story a little shorter. Uh, in the coming years, uh, I was ordained a deacon priest and ultimately bishop and uh, and founded the Order of Mary Magdalene and the Church of Mary Magdalene that I call mm -hmm. um, a global tiny church. Uh, our goal is not to own giant buildings, but to uh, reach people all over the world with a new message mm -hmm. of, lo of love. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yes, and taking that um, in regards to what you just said with the Abrahamic religions, which really predominate are obviously our North American uh, continent and um, all over the world, actually. Um, we look at the divine principle here, and I think this is what the Mary Magdalene Church, from what I found speaking to you is based on the fact that there's this very strong concentric focus on female deity. And so again, and relating it to, if you want to talk about uh, the movie by Dan Brown, um, there were several books that were associated with, and one of them was the alabaster jar. And that brings me to a whole different concept of feminine deity and principle. Father Fred, what do you think of that? I mean, besides relating it to the concept of, you know, being the wife of Jesus Christ, how do you look at that being more universal from your church? Like what, it, what, what does the church preach or what are its practices father fred father we fred we can't hear you we can't hear you uh-oh We can't hear you. Nope. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Is your microphone is off? Oh, your microphone. The microphone is off. Oh, Look. it says, it says the message is, Father Fred, you, you can hear me. It says your microphone is not connected. That's what it's saying. The message is your microphone is not connected. Uh-oh. It looks like he hit the microphone button, maybe? I don't know. No, it says not connected. So it means something okay. has happened to...
why does this always happen with Father Fred, just as we're getting into the good stuff? <laughs> interesting. Very interesting it is. <laughs> Take your time, Father Fred. Don't, don't worry. Can you oh, hear me yes, now? Perfect, perfect. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay, okay. now I can't hear y'all. <laughs> we need to do this by sign language. Oh, my goodness. Jean Jerome. Okay. Can you maybe message him? Yes. So, uh, okay. yes, we can. So, Father Fred, you... Um, you're typing it to him, correct? Yeah. Okay. I can see y'all. And can you hear me now? We can hear you. But I cannot can hear you. Hear you. Uh, okay. Please okay. continue. I'm going to close uh, everything down, start again, and come back. Okay. All right, Father Fred. Take your time. Okay. All right. Not a problem. So Bo, Bo just uh, messaged and said, funny, she just watched the Da Vinci Code this week. So Bo, since we have you <laughs> on board, what did you think about it? Was this your first time ever uh, watching the movie? Let's see if Bo interacts. By the way, I like your profile picture, Bo. And Teresa does a flip. Here we go. Okay. So let's see what we... Okay. Well, Fred? Yeah, now I can hear you. Perfect. I can, we can hear you as well. And Good. Teresa... <laughs> okay, this... <laughs> This is going to be an interesting show. <laughs> okay. Oh. This is where it happened last time. Oh, yep. my God. Okay. Father Fred, can okay. you hear us? Yes, yeah, he I can. can. He can, he can. Everything okay. is perfect now. So, so repeat the All question. Right. Okay. So recapping the question was rather a long question, but what I'm getting at basically is in regards to the movie with from uh, Dan Brown and his association with uh, – uh, Mary Magdalene as being the partner of Jesus, okay, and then a series of books I read after that, and the Alabaster Jar, and its reference to women and deity. My question to you was, what was your concept of the feminine principle and deity in the sense that, you know, with the Mary Magdalene Church, what what is it that the church does, its practices, that really focus on the matriarchal part of this religion? <clears throat> Let me ask, uh, answer you in kind of a, a, um, a roaming kind of answer. Perfect. <clears throat> I have always uh, received God uh, as female. Uh, let me explain that. Uh, I believe... <clears throat> Uh, the divine, the creator, uh, uh, is unconditional, divine, universal love. And, mm -hmm. um, and I believe that 
we as humans are holy, every single one of us, because we were created um, through and by that uh, divine love. Um, I believe that um, we were created in such a way that uh, we can receive God um, in our own special ways. The way you receive God and the way you receive God is your unique way of uh, interpreting uh, that, that love. Mm -hmm. And so it is from that point that um, I see the love, uh, the giving, the sharing, the service, um, the nurturing, uh, as I have received my mother's love and the love of my life, Donna. And, um, and so uh, that's a place that I come from. And that's also um, what I believe that uh, uh, faith traditions universally are uh, longing for an absence of some much more than others. Um, the I reference to the alabaster jar is one of those examples. Yes, in um, uh, Hebrew history, um, the, the act of the anointing of uh, uh, Jesus' feet uh, is something that a, G, uh, that a uh, Hebrew uh, wife would do for her husband, but to me, it's a, a sign of love and caring that uh, women do in the life of their men. And I don't mean that in a stereotypical way. I mean, uh, again, uh, that's uh, through my um, receptors that I, I see that. Um, I believe that um, that in our church, um, we need to be open to that kind of love and that kind of caring. And we need to go places with our faith that we've not gone before. And so I will uh, gladly open myself up to um, criticism from anyone and everyone. Uh, and and not ever disagree because mm -hmm. you are working through um, your faith traditions as I am. Uh, I will um, share with you uh, the joys that you want to share, and I will grow from that experience. Um, in our church, uh, we're not a, about evangelizing. We don't need to convert anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. We will share where we can, and we will hope to um, receive your sharing with us. Um, it isn't about women or men. It's women and men. Nice. Uh, equality and faith. That's kind mm -hmm. of the 
uh, foundation of of our movement, not just of a church. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that that's a long story that I thought I'd tell you. No, but that's that's very well put because that's exactly the way I was looking at the divine principle and how that plays in with your church. But you, you said it perfectly. Your church is more of a concept than it is an actual building. And it is that building the bridge between the equality of both male and female. So your, your view, how, how do you view God in that sense? Does it have to, do you equate it with any sort of gender? Um, I know you and I have privately talked about that before. So if you want to just give me your idea of that and, you know, and comparing it to maybe Jean Jerome will compare it to how we look at it or how I look at it, which may be a combination of both. So please, Father Fred, start the conversation if you can. When I listen to Jean Jerome and he's talking uh, and using the language of his faith tradition, quite often I don't understand him, but I understand uh, him and uh, what he is conveying, and it's pure love. And when I uh, listen and talk to you, I receive that same love. Uh, I grow when I hear about your faith traditions. They are not a challenge to mine at all. Um, we celebrate through our traditions which are catholic not roman catholic and there's uh, a whole right. lot of a whole lot of difference when someone says um uh, father fred or bishop bernal uh are you roman catholic no we're catholic but not roman catholic so you're a catholic mm -hmm. church no we're the church of mary magdalene that's the language we humans use to express our attempts to relate to God as we know God to be. And, uh, and we as humans are so into labels that we almost have to fight over everything. I spell God G-O-D-D-E, which is the old spelling of God. But it's also the new spelling of God that includes women. So you can see I can get in a lot of arguments there. Uh, <laughs> and you know, Father, Father Fred, it's funny because that's how I look at the divine. When I think of God, I think of God and I see the word spelt exactly like you. And interestingly enough, G-O-D-D-E, which really to me means it's genderless. There's no gender. And the minute we put a gender onto it, it is very divisive. Whereas I think if you're looking at a a divine in a universal sense as the one true source as the universe in that it manifests through everything, everything on this planet, whether it be a tree, a rock, whether it be a bird, a, 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 you know, a fish, whatever it does. And it manifests in male, female, and not necessarily, not necessarily stick 
with a gender even. God is a divine loving presence, which doesn't mean the romantic kind of love. It's the kind of love that we're able to tap into. And I think once we're able to do that, we understand the universal truths. Now, again, when we get into that concept, I think universal truths will come out as universal laws. And they are, well, they're universal, right? They're, the, no one owns them. No religion owns them. They are just a concept, and that is how they are interpreted on an individual basis. That's how I look at it. Now, Jean Jerome, how can you like tell us from the point of view of Ifa? So it's interesting um, because Edumari or Lodumari on the Yoruba side uh, in reality is has never been assigned a gender. But because of the influences of Abrahamic religions like Islam and, and Christianity, more and more subconsciously and through ritual, there's almost a sense that Edumari's gender, Olodumari's gender, is male, almost like a father figure, right? The creator. But in reality, if in, in the purest sense of, of the word Olodumari, Olodumari has no gender. If any gender, it'd be androgynous. In other words, gender, you know, both gender or genderless. So uh, from that standpoint, in the side of Vodu in Benin, the creator is uh, noted as Mau, and Mau is feminine. Mau is essentially a feminine principle. Uh, and it basically, it is said that as the creator, she gave birth to the, the Vodun's of creation, we call G Vodun. Um, so, even there, there's really more of a focus, a deliberate focus or mention of the feminine principle as being the creative principle, creative force in the universe uh, based on Mao. But again, on the Yoruba side, Although Edumare, in reality, none of the books refer to him as being a male figure uh, as such. There is, you know, because of Abrahamic influences, there's been, you know, subtle inferences that, you know, uh, of, of sort of using the term Edumare or Lodumare as being uh, somehow a father mm -hmm. figure, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. there, it's also important to note that many, there are many Babalao, many priests of Ifa, especially in Nigeria, that are also uh, Muslim, they're also Christian, and uh, you know, therefore, again, the the pervasiveness of the of the sort of that male a patriarchal um, you know concept uh, mm -hmm. within the 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 structure of Ifa within Nigeria, and especially around the Yoruba, the Babalao is basically a, a, a son of or of Orumila or Ifa, and also is birthed by Ibaudu. Ibaudu is considered to be coming from as the feminine principle that represents the power, the birthing of the Odu, the signs of Ifa and their spiritualities. And that energy is said to come from the creator, from Olodumare. It is a feminine principle, always, Ibaudu is always defined as a woman or female. 
But it is said that is that the power of Ibaudu that, that completes Ababalao and allows them to be able to really divine properly and to have the insight, the imponri to be able to decipher the messages that are coded in the Odus of Ifa. So that's okay. you know just to give two two conceptual aspects, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John Jerome, no. if you don't mind me um, uh, saying that uh, for me it's a pleasure to hear um, what you just shared. I uh, am not threatened uh, by that. I embrace what you have shared. Uh, I, I want to make a a contemporary comment, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to jump on the United States for a moment. Uh, uh, we have a long history of of certain types of Christians um, that uh, would attack you greatly for even attempting to share your faith. Uh, they will use the Bible. And, uh, you know, to shut you down like they did blacks, like they have done women, like they do with homosexuals, like they do with um, Democrats and feminists and so on and so forth. Uh, and I will editorially say we have what I would call a crisis coming in the not too distant future where those voices are going to try even harder to shut down uh, hearing other people's faith because the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court uh, said it was okay for public school money to go to private and parochial schools in the United States. And so the predominant uh, religion, uh, Christianity, um, we will see great numbers of e um, evangelical schools pop up. And uh, they will immediately do everything they can to shut down Muslim and uh, anybody that doesn't follow just uh, strictly what uh, they believe. Um, when someone says... Uh, Father Fred, but really, what is your church? And I would say our church follows the traditions of um, a Catholic faith, what you would recognize with Mass and the other sacraments, including exorcism and baptism and holy orders. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and I shouldn't use the word, but... Uh, we don't impose, or our view is not to impose uh, those principles. We want to be enriched by all faith traditions. And so uh, a priest in our church would know our traditions and be able to celebrate with those traditions, but also um, be educated and seek to uh help people of different faiths. We use language like interfaith or interspiritual. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
I think in time we will evolve those titles or those labels uh, because we have this ongoing need uh, as humans to find pre precise ways of expressing what we are uh, because we're uncomfortable with someone like me being a holy man or mm -hmm. you a holy woman. In other traditions, a wise man, a medicine woman, you know, so we go through all of this. But I think in time, uh, if we're uh, uh, confronted by evangelical Christians saying, uh, John Jerome, uh, we don't want to hear about your message. If you don't lose a beat and you share like you do today and uh, on every broadcast and every Facebook page, you share uh, God's love, uh, then uh, we all benefit and we'll all overcome uh, the elements of darkness. So, no, it, it you, you bring a, a valid point, uh, Father Fred. I mean, and that one of the reasons we we both respect you and and we love you and we really consider you part of the of our family, and and and, and the focus on you know divine love and and you know helping our fellow human being to find their way, to find the balance, to find peace, to find that that support, that spiritual support and be, uh, support and be true to their ancestral lineages and true to their ancestral, you know, history. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it's very important because really, Ifa, in terms of the belief system, is, is very old, very old. The, the, the basic tenets of Ifa, the Odus Ifa, are far older than Christianity. They're far older than Islam. And it is even in our text that uh, like Osakuleya, Osagunda, where all the faiths, essentially God, or the, the Olodumare, the creator, as the Ashe spread and, and different peoples were you know, populated and so forth, that other faiths grew from the traditions, the, the ancestral knowledge and wisdom, mm -hmm. and formed into different groups, different tribes, if you will. Right? It's almost like a Christian tribe, an Islamic tribe, and, and so forth. So you will find, you know, and, and, and this is the difference between somebody who reads and memorizes and somebody who reads and really deepens their understanding of what they're reading, right? Because to memorize is a, if you have a good memory, it's a beautiful gift from God. But if faith and belief systems are not a question of memorization, it's a question of understanding. Not just at an intellectual level, not just at an academic, but at a spiritual and emotional level to understand the human condition and the, the history of, of you know, revelation and evolution in humanity. Revelation taken in a more, as you say, Catholic universal aspect, that revelation, the same way we have in our Odu'l-Bedi, that the knowledge, wisdom was spread throughout the world in every faith, in every culture, there is a pearl of wisdom that is necessary for the, the survival and the evolution and the, the continuance of our species. Absolutely. Right? So, so that, that, that's, those are some of very important you know, concepts. And, 
again, for, for those people, for those that, you know, embrace the word, uh, you know, from the Bible in the same way. And, the, you know, the, the analogy goes, you know, also for Islam or any other faith system or belief system, even Ifa, even if somebody, you know, begins to quote Odu, memorize Odu, but again, without understanding the spirit, the meaning of what is being transmitted and with a motive, not of love, not of support, not of compassion, but one of greed, control, power, domination. Every, any faith, any belief system, any spiritual belief system can go askew. You know, um, I, uh, uh, I quite often um, paraphrase uh, from the book of Thomas, um, uh, God is within you and all around you. Uh, not in mansions of stone and steel, but um, lift a stone and God is there, split a piece of wood, and you find God. I um, That was in, your quote. In the past few days, um, uh, I asked uh, Teresa um, about a young woman that uh, she knows well. Uh, I think I may mess her name up. Um, Zelina Crow. Zarina. Zarina. Zarina yes. Crow. Um, I have seen uh, a few of her posts, and uh, I appreciate um, what I see in her uh, in her personality. I I mention that because um, I'm reminded daily in unusual kind of ways uh, how much richer I am because I'm open to uh, the story of people's lives. There was a Facebook post uh, earlier today that um, said, um, if you could be a vampire, uh, a zombie, or a witch, which would you choose? And I chose witch. Uh, <laughs> the person before me chose vampire. Uh, and uh, I kind of laughed to myself. Only one of those is real. <laughs> the first two are fictitious stories. And the last Absolutely. is a real live person with experiences. And I bring that up because um, I get reactions at time uh, because uh, I share love with uh, friends that are are witches and yes. uh and when i see a post from someone i know to be a witch and it's a loving or inspirational i share it mm -hmm. can, can you imagine life where um someone that identifies as a pagan or a witch or a muslim and they have knowledge that would enrich in my life. But I say, because it's coming from you, I don't want to hear it. What if they have something that is life-saving for me and my closeness won't let me receive it? We don't need a world like that. No, we, we, we need don't. 
a world that says uh, I I share the joy of this magnificent heaven with the trees and the water and the sky and realize that uh, all of that was before and all of that will be after. We yes. as humans need to realize that we need to be in harmony with the earth. And Absolutely. so, so, uh, so I think when some people uh, are finished, uh, listening and watching to your show, they're going to either say that uh, that Father Fred is a bit of a nut, or <laughs> they're going to want to drink some of the same coffee I drink. <laughs> no, but, but, but but what you say is but what you say is is critical because. For instance, one of the things, even in Islam, I always say to to to, to people, uh, especially young Babalaos, people even just uh, you know becoming coming to know their destiny, coming to know, be initiated, to initiate to Ifa, to initiate to Orisha, that the must always keep an open mind, and that Ifa and the belief system is not the absence of reason. But the enforcement, the affirmation of reason, mm -hmm. and reason—you know—a a reasonable person, somebody who reasons, who thinks, who analyzes, speaks as you do. Because it is, you know, inevitable that everybody has a pearl of knowledge. You can learn from anyone, from nature itself, from any person, from any culture. There is always. You know, a, 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 as I said, a jewel, a, a pearl of wisdom that can enrich a lot. And what people, again, people repeat the things, but they don't understand the meaning. There's a passage that says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, for instance. Mm -hmm. I, I always say, You realize that the Lord, what you construe as the Lord, or the Creator, or Lord Dumari, uh, the Lord Almighty God, whatever you call him, Yahweh, Allah, that that particular divinity who is eternal, who is infinite, will manifest through different messengers, whether they be yes. visible or invisible. But as long as the message and the wisdom and the, and the, the purpose of that message is one of healing, respect, love. It would you be the absence of reason to dis the, basically dismiss it out of hand without even listening, without even listening, analyzing, and drawing your own conclusions, right? You know, now, uh, one, one thing I'll jump in. Please don't lose your, uh, your place, uh, Teresa. Um, oh, I don't know if I'll remember, but go ahead. <laughs> we can... We can learn from everyone uh, that uh, we meet in some way in life, even Absolutely. Donald Trump. We can learn what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Teresa, go ahead. Okay, I'll just accept that, <laughs> Father Fred. <laughs> Teresa's gonna As a pearl of wisdom coming from you. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so I'm sitting here and I'm listening to both men talk about their concept of God and, you know, Father Fred being very pro, pro-female and, and Jean-Jerome explaining God in the sense of a non-gender. Me as a woman, okay, what drew me to the craft, and when I say the craft, I'm referring to witchcraft, okay? Um, and even when I say that word, it conjures up some negative connotation in a lot of people's minds. And they have a Hollywood notion of what that may be, etc. cetera. Uh, for me, myself, I look at, as I've said, if I believe that God is genderless, what is there about the divine that speaks through me as a woman? And I should be able to allow my power as a woman to come forth and to be heard and to be able to voice not only my opinion, but my, my view on what God is and what that concept is. And a lot of pagans and some witches will refer to the goddess as being the goddess as almost a flip side of God. Um, and I sometimes have an issue with that in the sense that, again, and this is just my personal opinion, is because it really comes from the concept of twisting around a concept of how we look at God in a gendered form. And I've said that I don't. But at the same time, when I'm being put into this, you know, situation of, of looking at myself as a woman and trying to, to fit in to a man's world a lot of times, even in other faiths and other belief systems. And I say that from the point of view of a Catholic, being born a Catholic. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say a total practicing Catholic. I still have Catholic views, um, as well as Ifa views as well. But Jean Jerome, you'll know, and Father Fred, we've had personal talks. My fight has always been about looking at from a woman's point of view and growing tired of being demonized because I'm a woman. And the concepts of how men look through their perspective, their already prejudicial lens through their eyes because they don't understand what it is like to be a woman. I'm a woman living in men's in a men's world really is what it is. And I don't care what faith you're from and what you may say or what you may do. You'll always, always be looking at me through that lens. I look at you from the lens of who I am. And if I look at myself as the creator, as feminine, I just look at you as my sons, ones who can only be able to try to understand what it's like. And sometimes it's very hard as a woman to try to understand through your lens always, because everything I say has to be interpreted through your lens for you to understand the frustration I feel sometimes. The frustration when I feel a prejudicial concept is being thrown at me, which may not be that way for you at all, but it is for me. Because I'm coming from the point of view, I'm a woman, and I'm always have to, having to fight that much more to be understood 
or to try to at least explain how I see it through, um, through my eyes. So having said that, I look at what we were talking about earlier and how your church, Father Fred, tries to incorporate women into your church and your views of your church in accepting other faiths and other belief systems as well and why you don't have a problem with looking at your female friends as witches welcome them as well as you look at your other um because you have priests female and you also have priests that are male obviously you have priests that are gay you have priests that are of muslim background right very similar to what John Jerome had said about Ifa. All right. So what I want to know, Father Fred, how, how does that fit in? Like, how does your church view that? Because, again, we've had that, that discussion, and I want to allow that from your point of view and how your church, the Church of Mary Magdalene, and how – it's a Catholic church, but not a Roman Catholic church. How does it view women in your priest as priesthood? We, uh, so far, uh, only identify ourselves when um, the receiver demands uh, a definition, a classification, uh, as part of who are you, what are you doing, uh, you know, at the, the things that you go through at the beginning. Are you Christian? Are you Catholic? Are you Protestant? Uh, it, uh, it, it's difficult to escape all of the labels that are imposed on us in life. And uh, to be extremely uh, honest, at age 73, uh, and male, and trying to reach um, women of all ages that uh, have and do have a desire uh, to be more active in their faith, uh, and trying to identify someone that comes from uh, some type of Catholic background so that they would be receptive to where we are on a day in and day out practice of of sacrament uh, of um, ceremonies, uh, but uh, being open uh, to sharing and helping provide services to anybody from any faith or no faith at all. It's especially difficult when you realize that. You sound like a male. You have mannerisms that are male. You use the language of your whole life that is uh, male. Um, and you know those things are there. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I listen to uh, Donna um, every day and I enjoy her points of view the way she expresses herself, 
the way she thinks. I appreciate those. Uh, but I have no earthly way of uh, delivery or mannerisms or expressions um, like she does that I could then share with uh, women that would want to talk with me about their faith. I believe that there are um, Buddhists, um, uh, gays, um, people of uh, pagan traditions uh, that uh, have a little Catholic in them. And they want to, they're women, and they want to be involved in faith leadership. Um, if they can meander through and, and hear my heart, uh, and they want a place to grow and develop their leadership, this would be a good place for the future. I won't be here for a lot of their journey, but uh, I want to be uh, a good gardener while I am here. I don't know if that uh, precisely uh, answers you, but every day I ask myself, how can I reach uh, women and get beyond the male-female clash? Because uh, I can only think I know what it's like to be a woman. And it, it gives me great hope that we're now in a time where in so many fields of life, uh, women are getting into a balance with men in professions, in uh, spiritual life, in family, in everything else. And that will make yeah. our society a much uh, gentler and happier place. Well, no, I totally agree. And, and, and Father Fred, um, I appreciate what you have said exactly. Um, you don't know, but you do welcome. And the fact that they're given a place and an opportunity to do that within your church, I think speaks volumes and speaks volumes for how not the Roman Catholic, but the new Catholic church is heading. And it's important for women, I think, to stand up to be able to embrace that in their own way that they can and interpret it through their own lens, shall we say, as a pagan or a witch or a Buddhist or wherever they are coming from and approach it that way. Don't get lost in it. Don't start preaching. Like the last thing you need is someone to stand there and woohoo, here I go. And I'm going to start talking about Jesus and everything. I can relate to Jesus in a far different way. I walk with Jesus. That's what I've always said. I don't walk, you know, following Jesus. Why would I follow him? <laughs> He's a man, you know, like that concept. I, I just don't get that, right? I can only walk with him, right? That's how I interpret it. Now, Jean Jerome, tell me, what about Ifa in that sense? I feel like I'm interviewing you both in this sense. Yeah, that's um, great. Tell me. No, because I think it's important. I think we, we need to address these things. 
um, I need to address these things from a female point of view and how we look at the divine and how it's expressed in other faiths, including... I think, I think Father Fred and I are on the hot seat tonight. You're <laughs> no, no. both on the hot seat. <laughs> no, this is beautiful. I, I so appreciate this because uh, quite often um, when you uh, are watching on the computer or television, uh, <laughs> you can find talking heads that uh, it's all about them, not the, uh, the subject that you're discussing. And mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm your guest, we're talking about faith traditions. Well, you're more than we're our talking guest, about your concepts. family. Your family. Yeah. Than, your, family. Your, your family. Exactly. You're part of it. You're part of the, of the team. But yeah. uh, because I know I, I've challenged both of you. I've thought, I've challenged you, yeah. Father Fred. I've given yeah. you an answer. I've challenged Jean Jerome. Now oh, it's yeah. your turn, Jean Jerome. Oh, you're in yeah. the hot seat. Come on, okay. give it to me, because you know I've gone after you. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. you both, by the way. But you know, we love we love you too, Teresa. I'm squatching you. <laughs> uh, okay, so if we look at. Uh, Right now, and I think anybody who's watching the show who's in the Fa'arisha tradition knows that, you know, on the Orisha side, let's say in terms of the Orisha faith, Esinibile Odisa, the role of men and women have almost been at par, right? Like in terms of, you know, there was no, uh, a woman could be, you know, consecrated with uh, dosu, with Orisha on her head, same way a man could. Their roles in terms of even you know being able to consult or divine within Orisha, you know, in Cuba, especially was an example of that where some of the uh, the old Orishas, uh, you know, uh, decades ago, century ago, were very competent old Orishas, and they were in many ways considered to be the head of the of the faith in Cuba, in terms of you know how the faith was being evolving and everything else. Um, and I think on the Vodun side, it's it's also, you know, there's there's again there's no distinction in terms of a honung, a honunga. There's right. no distinction because it, it's based on spirit, based on the ancestor that the person has, uh, and you know their their disposition, their their ability to hear the messages of spirit, to convey the messages of spirit, and their spiritual maturity. As a, as a medium and, and so forth, and, and as a practitioner of the faith. Fa is an interesting area. So on the on the Vodul side, the in, especially in Fagbasa, uh, because the the oath sworn to become a Vodun uh, or fa, uh, a Fa priest or Bokono is to the Bokono ancestors, and those Bokono ancestors can be both male and female. They don't have a dis restriction either on gender or even sexual orientation, because what's most important to them is the 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 ancestor, the 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 jotoda, and the ability, the capacity of the person to understand the odus and the and the process of divination and the process of conveying the messages from the spirit world again through the system of fa. If I switch or flip it over right now, anybody listening to this, for the last, I don't know how many, probably at least five years solid, 
there's been an enormous battle and controversy on the Yoruba, Afro-Cuban, Yoruba traditionalist side uh, regarding the role of women in the Ifa priesthood. Most notably, yes. the concept Let's of Iyanifa and what they can or cannot do or whether the, even the concept of Iyanifa even exists. Uh, again, th those traditions, you know, uh, according to many, you know, Oduvifa that come from the traditional side, from the Yoruba side, they have Oduvifa that speak, in principle, have Esevifa that talk about women diviners. There are not many. And during the, the works and the investigations of Bernard Mopois and uh, William Bascom, and other anthropologists or ethnologists, the the numbers of women priests was very small. There was mention, but there was very small, especially within the, the fa or fa priesthood. Basic reasons of survival. Women were mainly responsible and, and looked upon to be the head of the family, raising the kids. They were in charge of the market. Right? Everything was transaction market. It was women that handled that. Mm -hmm. And the women's power, the Ajay, the women, the female energy or power, was always considered to be a supporting power, a power that, that you know, the Babalaos both respected, but at some in some cases feared. Okay, because it was it was a power and energy that was sometimes could cause clash or conflict. Uh, it, the term of that energy, that adj energy, was often used. The word you know that's thrown around today, like it's you know very easy or or not a big deal, like chaos, chaotic. That chaotic energy is something which Ifa recognizes and, and respects and and will work with and appease, but Ifa doesn't often work very well with, with chaos. Chaos is something which is the realm of Eshu, is the realm of the Iami, is the realm sometimes of even the Ajogun. So the there's book, been a... Sorry? The Ajogun, the, 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 okay. the, the, the forces that, that create disorder, in other words, loss, illness, death, things that basically are game changers. Um, so I must say that even in the, especially in in the diaspora, there's a raging battle between uh, you know the role of women in the specifically the Ifa priesthood and and what uh, if whether the Ifa really exists does not exist whether uh, they have a role or what what is the extent of their role and there are many ritualistic or or Odu of Ifa I say Ifa they explain why that debate comes out. It's really surrounding an entity, a powerful entity, which I mentioned earlier, which is called Ibaud, which women by, in, and that is universal in all of the Odu Zivifa within the, that particular you know, the realm of the Yoruba Ifa, that no woman can see that power of Ibaudu, although she's female, by designation of that energy. Okay, that energy, that female energy called Ibaudu. And Odu Zifa said, no woman can cast her gaze on. So even, even the Babalaos who, who do initiation of Yanifa, although Ibaudu is present, 
the woman is not presented or allowed to see that power because there are, there are stark warnings of that. So that's in a nutshell. So that, that's, that's an area of a lot of contention, a lot of, you know, um, you know, debate. Yeah. yeah. But also, it, it stems from the fact that if I had four schools, four original schools, there was one was Jisa, which was the one which gave birth to Fagbasa and Abu Dahome in in Benin, and the, and the, under the Fonin way, and Gongong, which was where Ilefe, you know, Yo, basically the Yoruba side, and Abokobi and Ato, which basically deal with Afa more the Afa aspect, which is the mix of Vodun and Orisha in Benin, south of Benin. Togo and Ghana. So, long story short, different schools, different thoughts. A certain power that exists, but it has many facets and sometimes leads to different interpretations, especially if you're within that Gongo or Yoruba side, in terms of the place or the role of women within Ifa and how far they can go or not go. Where on the Vodun side, or the Fagbasa side, there's no, there really is no, because that one particular entity, that one particular spirituality isn't really venerated, is not, does not form part of that construct. Teresa? And you us, know how I look at all of that. Let's, uh, again, the eyes Teresa. of men, Teresa. the eyes of men, Hold on. <laughs> Through the eyes of men, of course, Ifa, being very patriarchal, is afraid. And what do they fear? And they don't want women to see. Well, what is it that they don't want to see that women intrinsically have? The, cre the ability to create from their bodies life. Teresa, right. I was going to welcome you. I was going to welcome you to the world of mansplaining. Thanks. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Father but, Fred. But, but, but I think but I think it's an interesting like at the end of the day, if you expose something, if you bring it out into the light, you can analyze it's open it and discussion. everything. Else, right? Absolutely. There, there, and there I don't want to get into there, it. There is a rationale. I do I do want to explain that as well. Okay, explain and I, I want to take that, it. Some, that some of those energies, that some of those energies. Like the same way that there are different male prototypes or different aspects of male, you know, there's man, the destroyer, the man, the, the one that, you know, basically will kill, you know, not nurture, not feed, not support. And there's the aspect of male, which is, you know, supportive, nurturing, uh, you know, teaching, really the father aspect. Basically, not every father. Not every man is a father, and not every woman is a mother. And at the heart, at the heart of Ifa, really, there is that aspect. There are, there are at the instance, heart, you know, but a lot do not at practice heart, it. At the, heart. At the yeah. heart of it, that's really the issue. And even in terms of the concept, if you talk about witchcraft, witch, the witch, Adji. Yes. There are, there are different types of IJ, right? There are IJ, which are the, the ancestral mothers, what we call 
you know, the ancestral mothers, which, you know, in, in that are formed Yemoja, Oloku, um, there's uh, Oya, which have a protective Oshun, they have a protective nurturing, uh, you know, aspect and, and, you know, the aspect of preserving humankind and, you know, being a custodian or guardian and understanding, respecting life. Although don't piss them off. Because if you piss them off, then it's trouble. But there is another aspect, the iami eyele, right? Which is an energy which even in almost all the Odus we found referred to an ancient uh, story, right? Where the women, the human women, betrayed and killed the child of the Eyele, the women, or the, the witches that were Eyele. And since that time, there has been a sworn war battle between those women, those, those, that female principle of, of Yemi, and the, uh, you know, they say the, the earthly Yemi. Depending as a witch, for us, from a Yoruba concept, depending which road you take, right? And that's why, as you do witchcraft, as a, as a woman or man, because men, although they're not, again, very, very common, right? But they're also what we call wizard, also. If you go too much on the dark side, that dark and destructive energy, the ones that are looking for vengeance and have sworn an oath to eradicate humanity. Because they look at humanity as an infestation, a violator of the natural order, you know that they can be quite extreme. Then there's the other side, which are can be as severe, but have a nurturing, let's say, more balanced approach. So that is the, the at the vein, the the thing that gets lost in the arguments and translation. Okay, I'll let you off the hook, both of you, in that sense. Okay, because um, okay. I know we've we've talked about it and um, we've talked about it privately, etc. Um, but Teresa, I kinda wanna... this, yes, is, dear. this is uh, really very important um, in a universal way mm -hmm. uh, because uh, over the last couple of thousand years, uh, since the time that um societies evolved to the place where it was totally male-centered world where women yes. had little value children had no value uh and so it's like in all faith areas we're starting to wake up uh yes and while women are finding their footage and their language, and they're perfecting their uh, message, men are starting to wake up also. The difference is that uh, in, in sheer mass, we don't have a balance yet. No, so you're right. It's like me uh, trying to find the message that would be acceptable to women when I don't speak the language of women. 
And I would right. love. And I think it's the same with Ifa as well. They don't speak the the language of women. They think when they you find can a, interpret it. When but. you find a place where a woman uh, can speak of uh, the faith traditions like Jean Jerome, but from the language of women, it won't be an argument. The uh, John Jerome will state things from the uh, aspect of a, a male male view, and the woman will speak as of uh, her perceptions, and so there will be the contrast, and in time there will be the balance where they will negotiate the language mm -hmm. that allows both to come out in the Catholic excuse me, in the Roman Catholic world, uh, mm -hmm. women are uh, ordaining women into the priesthood. Uh, and they are doing it because some male bishops uh, stepped across the line and said, this is only right. So we're going to uh, get the ball rolling. Now, right, the Roman right. church is saying, well, maybe we'll consider uh, women as deacons. Uh, in time, this large mass of women that are already discovering their leadership are going to mm -hmm. turn and say, we're not going to step down for you guys. <laughs> We've got mm -hmm. our own thing going. So, mm -hmm. anyway, I, go ahead. And I I was just going to say, and in regards to what Jean Jerome said, I don't want to leave it in the sense that I think that Ifa is very patriarchal. Yes, it is. But then so are a lot of, you know, other faiths. Yeah. Um, I like the, the sense that at least there's an acknowledgement of the divine and the power of the divine. Oh, yeah. And I really like mm -hmm. the, the as, as you had put it, what do you call it, Jean Jerome, the Fa side which is not really concerned so much about male or female. And that gives it, to me, that gives, you know, a whole different meaning to, to being able to, as a woman, embrace my, my divine sense and my divine self. I don't have to get caught up in, in, in following the interpretation of the Bible through the eyes of a Catholic priest, no you know, no disrespect to you, Father Fred, or Jean Jerome with regards to what um, traditional Yoruba Ifa followers and their their inability to accept Ianifas, okay, into the priesthood, right? Um, and to, because and to be one clear, day, and just to clarify, just so as a because okay, the, yes, please, the, the, the ones that are having difficulty digesting. Literally, I use the word, and, and I don't mean to be direct, but they're having a lot of difficulty digesting the concept of Yanifa are the Afro-Cuban Babalaos. Because in Cuba, Thank there you. was never any Yanifa. None of the books spoke Thank about you. a Yanifa. None of the scriptures spoke about Yanifa. And really, for, for the Afro-Cuban, you know, and also some lineages, like Oderemo, where they do not initiate women into the Iyanifa, right? And there's some peculiar lineages. Others, like in Oshobo and like others, they readily, they readily do. They readily accept. And, that, and that's where the contention is because the Afro-Cuban and the Aspera, so to be fair, it is the traditional, many lineages of the traditionalists 
that support okay. the Yanifa and the ordaining, if you will, the, the initiation of women as Yanifa. It is the Afro-Cuban, which in many cases are, you know, throwing up every, you know, as they say in Spanish, Thank they're throwing you. their screen to the heavens, right? Because they say, no, this never existed. This is all made up, right? So just, yeah. just, and, just and, that, in fairness, because that would, because good. the traditions are the ones Basically, absolutely, thing. absolutely, and, and and thank you for that clarification. Absolutely, we need to know that. And again, it sounds they sound so to interpret what you said. They sound very similar to the Roman Catholic priests. Oh my God, no! Oh Lord, what's going to happen if the women come into the priesthood? Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, what's going to happen to your concept of God? I wow. Is I that really what we're afraid of? So that's what I really like, what what the concept of being an Ianifa uh, Jean in Ifa. I, I prefer personally, I personally um, accept the Afa. What's that? Ianifa. Uh, Father Fred, what was that? What was that, Father Fred? I love your show. Oh. Uh, I, I love that I can drink coffee. Uh, just so that you know, and anybody that's going to appear on your show, <laughs> you need to come prepared because I even uh, had my uh, my pot handy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very oh, good. Oh, 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 smart man, smart man. <laughs> Father Fred and his pot of coffee. I love <sighs> it. <laughs> So yeah, I just wanted to conclude that in the concept of Fa and, and the acknowledgement of women and their divine self is really based on their ancestral spirits, etc. And I welcome that. I really do. As a woman, I welcome that. I welcome the change. I welcome the change as in Father Fred's church. I think it's awesome. We are now stepping into it. And it's like you said, Father Fred, it's finding that balance. And Jean Jerome is opening the doors in that sense in, in the world of Ifa, okay? And it's important. It really is. Like for a woman, I have to say it's extremely important because I am really sick and tired of having to, to quelch what I believe in, how I see things, and, and to be able to stand up as an equal. You know, it's like that dream I had that I both told both of you when I had Jesus come to me in my dream and I stood beside him. He had no problems with that. He didn't ask me to follow him. He didn't ask me to do anything. He just stood there and he smiled and he liked it. And you know what? I felt good because I felt as an equal. And I think that's what it is. It's being able to be equal, to be able to be equal, to speak how I feel about what the divine and how the divine speaks to me. You may not like what I say. You may not like the fact that the female principle is sometimes very chaotic and it can be very dangerous and so be it and you should fear and you should fear out of respect not out of oh, oh my god i fear you out of respect and that yeah. makes the difference which is interesting and not i'd like to go because it might lead into our other topic which was really okay. the concept of, of good and versus evil Father Fred, uh, where we wanted yes, to, you know, in your own your own personal, um, you know, uh, view, cosmo vision, your experience, your what you've seen, your knowledge of other faiths, other belief systems, and also, you know, within your church, how that concept and uh, and 
good and evil. And then, you know, what everybody's been asking me, you know, the whole aspect of exorcism, how does exorcism work? And how is the concept of, you know, uh, removing a negative energy, a negative or how you denote that, right? In terms of, as you say, label or classification. But I just want to say something because I think it's it's all we're doing. It's actually the, the one of the biggest things that has left out a lot of the arguments between Yanifa and this, that, and everything, and many of the roles and so forth. When we look at, and I think this is the, the, the very issue. Teresa, we've known each other for a long time, and I, and I love yes. you. You know that? You're my, you're yes, my, you my friend, my sister, and everything else. But, but one thing, and I know intuitively you know this, but one thing which I want to, because sometimes I see many times women, you know, basically it, it, it's, a, it's a battle cry, right? It, it's a battle cry because of, of all the abuse and the, sometimes the hegemony and the, the, the oppression where no view can, can come out. But I think one of the, the, the when, I, when I say about the, the chaotic energy, Right, whether that chaotic energy, because it's not about necessarily the gender. It's not about necessarily. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit vulgar, but that really doesn't matter what's between your legs. That's not the issue, right? That's what my mom used to say. It's not a question of what's between you. It's a. It's about the human condition of the person, because, and and that's why, if, in my estimation, if woman or man you have the gift you have the dedication you have the mm -hmm. professionalism you have the love and you want to bring positive support to society power to you and that should be the criterion for any aspect of life any job any position any spiritual function, however you fit in the cosmic plan or scheme of things. I However, agree. I do not, what I, what I also caution, both for men and for women, if your bout is division, hatred, gossip, destruction, and just the, the, the ruin of your community, of your family and of the belief system and you doctor or distort and there are many examples of this because you're a woman and or because you're a man either side i will not take that as being you know a person that should be in the in the belief system or in a priesthood Absolutely. or in a position of power my only criteria is Always, I, because when I look at, at a priest, I look at a person, I don't look at their color, their gender, their orientation. I don't, for me, I look at the human being. However, I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. Uh, but if you violate certain basic laws of nature, laws of humanity, laws of, of human decency, of of universal, laws. universal laws because you're a woman or because I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> no, no. And nor, and, and, and nor, nor, should, should, it, should, nor should it be allowed. Right? No. Because and I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. 
I totally agree with you. And I, and that's exactly what, what, what father Fred had said as well. When he had talked about, um, you know, being able to come into the priesthood, you should be able to, to understand certain universal laws and, and act from that and with goodness. And, and again, everything you were already, both of you gentlemen had re reiterated, you know, without good intention, with greed and, and not of pure heart. Yeah. There's no point in being any in any kind of priesthood, 100%. as far as I'm concerned. If you're going to turn around and, and you're going to do something to to to, as as they would say in in Polish, to take advantage of, you know what? Exactly. Then you're pretty <laughs> you're pretty low, okay? And 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 don't hide behind. I don't care what your religious belief is or practice. Don't hide behind it because you're yeah. full of shit. Exactly. Sorry, I'm doing it just blunt. No, and, and, and that, I don't. I, I'm sure, Father Fred. Uh, Father Fred, I'm sure that's a similar view you have. You're, you're, and, and I'm asking. It's not a rhetorical question. I'm, I'm asking you. In terms of what I see is that you don't, the the orientation, the gender for you is secondary. What you're looking at, as my mom used to say exactly. when she was alive, the the material you're made of. In other words, are you yeah. made of good stuff? Or are you made of, you know, bad stuff, right? If if your role is selfish, e egotistical, destructive, to sow, you know, envy, jealousy, hatred, uh, violence, racism, I don't care what you look like. I don't want you. I don't want you beside me. I don't want you on my team. Yeah. I don't want you to represent yeah. or to be a, a custodian or or a messenger for the police. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly not. right. Uh, if if someone uh, has a problem with uh, either of you two or your faith uh, traditions, then they're not somebody that I want to spend any time with. Ashe, no. you know, and Ashe, uh, Father Fred, and that's um, uh, you know. In the area of uh, of two uh, questions that you ask uh, briefly, um, it, uh, bad versus good. I believe that yeah. we were all born uh, blessed, like I said, all holy, and that's where we start. Along the way, uh, there's a siphoning out. I disagree with the Catholic Roman Catholic teachings of born in descent. So, you know, I, I mean, from that point, we have a problem. But good is what we uh, start with. And life uh, enriches us. Uh, it, it's only man, I'll put it on man that create uh, things that are contrary to uh, harmony and love and unity and passion and compassion. Uh, and, uh, and I'll quickly segue because of your time. Uh, we include uh, exorcism in our traditions, uh, but... Uh, it does not have to be 
uh, as the Roman Catholic Church teaches. And here's the part that I think is valuable because we're talking about the spirit world. Right. Uh, Let's. The, um, the traditions uh, of other faiths uh, that have um, their beliefs about um, the spirit world, whether there's crossover, mm -hmm. whether there's uh, evil, um, you know, all of those questions. And so we have to bring the Roman Catholic tradition, but we've got to be open to uh, meeting the needs of non-Catholics. And I don't mean to, you know, air quote everything, but uh, so again, it's, it's that balance, the evolution that uh, allows uh, me to learn from you, Teresa. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and our friend, uh, Father Ken, we've been yes. having a, a conversation because he's a new priest uh, that uh, he's uh, right now super priest and not receiving the benefits of uh, his other uh, faith traditions mm -hmm. because not every uh, person is Catholic. Not every That's person right. is male. Not every person is open. So uh, I, I don't know. I never know if I, uh, in my big picture way, uh, answer specifically, but, mm -hmm. um, but, I'm so appreciative of your format and your approach because we didn't just concentrate on me and narrow dogma. No. We brought the whole uh, picture into play. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's what the movement that I call uh, the Order of Mary Magdalene is about. It's uh, not dogma. I, I, I've, I've got to dedicate my days to finding uh, women and men that uh, can comfortably lead in faith traditions, not just one dimensional. And not, when you say one dimension, you mean in a not totally just Christian, not, right? Okay. Not Catholic, not Christian, not Buddhist, but drawing from all of life. I have a, a exactly. priest. So incorporate a, all of them. Yeah. I have a priest in Dallas that it works for a hospice uh, organization and he has to travel uh, around the Metroplex. And uh, he has a long uh, learning experience in Buddhism, mm -hmm. but he also uh, uh, is Catholic. And uh, as a chaplain, uh, he's called by older people that need the comfort of uh, a, a spiritual leader, not just a Catholic. And so uh, in, in a very joyful, loving way, uh, when he arrives, he's the right person at the right time for that person. Right. Absolutely. Especially in the time of uh, uh, COVID-19. 
Um, right. The demand for him is great. And, and uh, so I anyway, I go ahead. I was going to say, I get the impression that the priesthood within your church are priests who are able to incorporate everything from their already practicing faith and their life experience and integrate that as a priest and move forward from there instead and of... And meet the needs of, of the future. Yes, instead of swallowing and repeating a dogmatic format that has been already done I, I mean to the point of like oh my god here we go again and all we're doing is regurgitating catholicism over and over again instead of being able to communicate being the right person at the right time for someone who may need comfort in a hospital let's say and these are people who are going to to administer last rites they're there to hold their hand and to be understanding that's my understanding of what uh, a priest would be in your church. Is that correct? Not yes. one who stands there and, and, and dons a, you know, the robe and, and, and starts regurgitating prayers. I mean, if the person asks for it, of course, you would like to, you'd like to be able to, to have a priest that can do that with you, but to have someone to stand there and hold their hand and be understanding. And sometimes to just stand there in silence and not, feel they have to act like a priest. You know, um, a, a point, uh, you may not be able to see it, but I have a, a little altar uh, up on my mm -hmm. counter. And it's uh, as a result of um, a, a recommendation by a friend of mine named Teresa. Uh, and I, I mentioned this because uh, I have a, a love for altars, not Catholic altars or Christian altars, but altars. And something hit me. Something hit me the other day that um, it never occurred to me before. But people that have windows in their house, if they weren't mm -hmm. the kind of faith leader that I would like to find for the future, it's someone that could see the best place for an altar is in front yeah. of one of their windows because uh, they can actually kneel at the altar and here's the earth right out the window. And, Absolutely. And uh, to me, that puts it all in perspective. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know how long y'all are going to uh, go with your show. If you uh, want a marathon, I'm willing to stay with you. Go right ahead. Father Fred, we're not holding you to any yeah. Um, yeah. set time. You That's know, right. I mean, Jean Jerome. No, we're good. We're good. Do we have a, uh, do we have a limit here? Can we? No, 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 we can go. We can go. We no, can I, I'm fine uh, staying with y'all, but uh, I just uh, thought that. Uh, you no, we're had good. To you no, had to be off by a certain time. No, 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 no. no. We're good. We're good, Father Fred. Nope. We're, we're, we have we're at least good. comfortably. We're good, Father Fred. We try, to keep, we try to keep the show about two hours. Okay. Because that's usually the, you know, most people be on that, we lose them. Well, let me ask um, the two of y'all a few questions, if you don't mind. Okay. Go right ahead, Father Fred. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love this. Uh, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> this 
this question is coming from uh, where I want to go. Right. Uh, first, uh, Jean Jerome, um, in Cuba, uh, as I think I know, uh, since the uh, since nineteen fifty nine sixty, the Catholic Church has been suppressed. Now that things are evolving, and I uh, I believe it's probably evolved greatly since the Pope went to Cuba. Yeah. But uh, in your faith traditions and the Catholic faith tradition since they were on sabbatical for a long time. Do you have um, kind of a, a, a balancing uh, blending of faith traditions that's going to, at least in Cuba, evolve to something totally new? You don't have a, a, a traditional Catholic, Roman Catholic situation anymore. Uh, I, I, I will, uh, that's a very interesting question is and it's subject for a lot of debates and a lot of, uh, uh, again, uh, polemic, uh, discussion. Uh, so again, for, for almost, you know, now 60 plus years now that the, the Cuban revolution, 1959 was when, uh, Castro came into, you know, took, took power by force. Um, and has not ceded, uh, you know, the, the power. Although they just basically handed it off to then to his brother, then from brother Diaz Canel, and so forth. There was a period of almost you know thirty years or more where all the faiths were not just prohibited, but they were persecuted. Catholic priests, Roman Catholic priests, were killed. Roman Catholic priests were ki- were jailed. Babalaos were 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 jailed. Uh, Olorishas, and it was it was basically uh, considered to be counter-revolutionary to visibly practice any belief system or faith, uh, because uh, from the beginning, uh, Castro and the, and the communist regime uh, saw religion or any belief system that could offer a liberating view or a view other than what the Communist Party was forcing down the throats of the people as subversive and dangerous, right? The same story is, you know, in North Korea, the same story in Stalin's uh, uh, Soviet Union, the same thing in, in China under Mao Zedong, and, and even today, I mean, in many ways, there's still suppression of beliefs or any freedom of speech. When the uh, Berlin Wall fell, and uh, basically the, the gravy train uh, in terms of money and subsidies from Russia, Soviet Union, basically ceased. They needed to find money from other sources real fast. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they found that could generate revenue was what became a new type of tourism, which was called religious tourism. Yes. And so began the era of where before the belief system was persecuted or hunted, it basically became, you know, our daily bread, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. Uh, because it was was a way to get money in quick 
for uh -huh. people going for ceremony, for people going for initiation. And on the Catholic side, really, the, the, the Catholic Church was under a strict, uh, you know, basically vigil, vigilance and control. When Pope John Paul II visited Cuba, there was a little bit of an opening up. But again, the, the Catholic Church could only operate so long as they did not meddle, offer opinion or sanctuary to anybody who uh, possessed or held counter-revolutionary, which means basically any freedom of thought, freedom of speech, or you know concepts, radical concepts like democracy and human rights. You know, as long as they didn't hold those values or or challenge the hegemony of the communist regime. Um, you know, they would not be, you know, they would sort of let them sort of do their thing. Cuba, before communism, the, uh, basically, the uh, Orisha faith, uh, what they call sometimes uh, Lukumi, Regla de Ocha, Ifa, which was the real, the, the formal name. Some people use the name Santeria because of the syncretism of the Catholic saints the with the Orisha for survival by the slaves. Quite often, the, the culture, and still today, especially after they, they liberated things a bit, is what was very common is a child would be baptized in the church. And the moment they were baptized in the church, they would run to the Babalao to give them the <laughs> hand of Orule to divine the future and the destiny of that child. It was, there was, you know, in Cuba, there was a, almost a, I won't say symbiotic, but there was a complementary sort of coexistence and a peaceful coexistence of the two belief systems. Uh, typical things though, uh, you know, in, in Cuba, there was always, you know, the Catholic, and like in Nigeria today and many parts of the world, the Catholic faith or the, or the Christian Catholic faith was looked as more of a symbol of progress, a symbol of you know, uh, evolution, academic, social, you know, ascension, and so forth. Um, Ifa sometimes and Orisha had a little bit of a, of sort of, you know, lower economic and social strata, you know, so you would have people that would be very, you know, I'm Catholic, I don't know anything about the, the religion of the, of the Blacks or, of, but yet when anything in their life went wrong, they're the ones that both in Cuba and in many parts of the world would secretly at midnight knock on the door of the Babalao, the Olorisha, the Palero, and say, I need help. I need help. <laughs> you know? And, and wasn't that like and, the same in, in uh, New Orleans and with yeah. voodoo, right? Yeah, yeah, with voodoo and voodoo, exactly. So yeah. the, the, re the reality and what it underscores is that. Cuban priests, priests that were you know raised and, and understand understood the Cuban uh, belief system and, and and respected and had relationship friendships with Babalaos and um, uh, you know Olorisha, Palero, was there you know for different reasons, were friends that that took the time to study or to learn. They realized that these belief systems were not you know in typical Roman Catholic labeled as you know satanic or pagan, but that they represented a spiritual science, a spiritual belief system, and that their function was more that of a doctor 
or yeah. a natural path doctor than really something that would go against, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the universal, if we talk about universal principles of, or laws, that would go against those laws. That they, right. they preserved a science and a knowledge and an intuition that was not, you know, demonic or satanic or anything. Mm -hmm. Again, that went contrary to humanity, to the this community, to the society, but that represented truths that could save, that could help, that could heal, right? Mm -hmm. And from the Ifa side, there are many believe there are many that would practice Ifa or Orisha where they would say. You know, pay a visit. Pay a visit to the church. Pay a visit to the to the Catholic, because you need to honor your ancestors. Because if I yes. recognize that not all ancestors were practicing, you know, uh, Ifa Orisha, or but that some of those, uh, you know, ancestors would would have been you know Catholic from centuries back. So Absolutely. they would say, you know, honor your ancestors by going to the church, and and there was a belief that there was still a presence of the divine in a church, right? That it was yes. a holy place, although it, it, it was also representative of the faith that had in some ways suppressed or, or enslaved or helped to enslave the African yes. people, but there was still an innate or, or almost sub, uh, subconscious respect for the, the, the church as a place and, and, a, and a presence of, of the divine. Which many today, Absolutely. you know, especially in, in a time when uh, different races and cultures are, tr are hungry to try to find mm -hmm. the authenticity and the origins of the belief system, they find offensive because they find as, well, why would you, you know, venerate the white God? Why would you venerate the white Jesus? Mm -hmm. or the, or the, but you, they, they have to understand that it was not always like that. That there were That's many, right. the old, the old Babalao in Cuba had an innate respect. It was very rare, mm -hmm. very rare for in the old Cuba, in the time of Cuba, my mom or my, my dad had met my mom in Cuba, that you would see, you know, an Orisha or, or uh, a Babalao speak ill or disrespectfully of the church. But, right. you know, th right. there, was, there was a sense that they were, that the church and the, the, the Catholic was really birthed from Ifa and was just another cultural and ancestral expression. Yes. Right? That, that manifest and was another path or, or, or tributary to the divine. So, so I hope that, I mean, I, I tend to go into a big picture response, <laughs> but I hope that gives a context and, a, and an understanding or an answer to your question. Yeah, it, uh, definitely, and uh, and to kind of to pair pair what you've said, uh, I would like to ask Teresa uh, mm -hmm. a comparable question. Uh, yeah. From uh, an outsider's view, um, mm -hmm. uh, I have witnessed over my lifetime uh, Christians meaning conservative Christians, uh, demonizing witches mm -hmm. and uh, making witches every kind of evil mm -hmm. and, and uh, placing uh, all kind of lies uh, of reality uh, on witches in a plural sense. Um, 
is there any way to to bring witches in present time the the truth out in an educational mm -hmm. way that uh, lets people uh, experience what witches uh, feel mm -hmm. or uh, experience um, their their traditions, their faith, um, mm -hmm. by uh, bringing it out and finding the harmony with other faiths, just as uh, the harmony that is uh, negotiating itself in Cuba. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, talk about how we, those that don't mm -hmm. have a background in, um, in mm -hmm. what it is to be a witch, and witches mm -hmm. that have to counter all the negative to just mm -hmm. to live. Okay, well, let's see. Where do I start? For first of all, I think I think I've already expressed my opinion as far as being a woman is concerned, and my own personal journey that actually took me down this path was simply because. Well, I was very rebellious, shall we say. And the concept of just being told from a perspective, and this is me growing up as a child, to be good, to do, you know, the right thing. But when you thought about, or when I thought about what that meant, and it was always to be the good girl, to do the right thing. And, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it was always from this, this point of view that the role of a woman was to only be a reproductive organ, basically, to bring forth children and to bring forth concepts of the divine through a woman, right? Um, I struggled with it in the sense that as much as I embraced the fact that, yes, this is what paganism um, did for me. It, it, it allowed me to speak that I have that ability as a woman to be able to, to look at my, my sexual gender as a form of expression of the divine through my body and, and that it's a good thing, right? But growing up as a child, like I said, it was hard for me to, to, to just look at my only role um, as I moved forward from being a good girl is to be a good wife or an obedient wife or to, to get married, to have children. And I mean, I'm sure there's other women too, but for me, when it, when it came down to, it started with actually a high school project. And uh, the project was to go out there and explore other religions. And so I did, I looked at other faiths and I kind of, you know, I kind of stumbled when I was about maybe 13, I stumbled upon this book and it was written by Sybil Leake and it was called The Diary of a Witch. And when I read that, it really kind of just opened my mind and I just kind of thought about it and said, this isn't at all like what witches are supposed to be, okay? And how basically the whole word of witch was demonized into this uh, ugly old hag 
or or uh, or someone who wanted to cast spells and do nasty things to people. And instead, what we had developing, or what I've sensed, what was developing within me is an appreciation of nature. And so I looked at it through the eyes of how I grew up as a child, being able to mushroom uh, hunts in in the forest in the fall with my family. There was a lot of interaction with nature. So for me, I looked at nature as an expression of the divine. And I, myself, growing up, I looked at me as an expression of that divine. And if I was to embrace that going forward after that school Looking at the different religions, I, I stumbled upon the crafts. So it was to, to, to embrace the idea that um, I matter and I'm at equal par with a man. In fact, in a lot of the British traditional um, witches or, or witches elsewhere, they were healers. They were looked up to. They were the medicine women. They were the ones who could bring forth life, assist another woman to bringing life into this world, to be able to, to conjure up medicine with herbs. They had herbal knowledge. They were the original doctors, so to speak. And in a lot of little villages, that's what they were. So, you know, when I looked at the, I started to, to look at the history of what witchcraft really was about. It was really a, a, a journey of women and what women were about. And so that's what started me on my path and how I sort of went from there, met other women, I met other men um, that were open um, and, and the sense of being open in, in religion, in a pagan society or a pagan culture that was developing. This, this was again, these were new concepts. They were reconstructed, neo-paganism, okay? Um, Wicca as a, as a form of um, new way of looking at witchcraft. So they took the, the word witch or witchcraft and, and assigned it Wicca, um, kind of lessened that tone and that, that negativity that was assigned to it. And I mean, let's face it, Hollywood did nothing for the witch in a lot of sense and a lot of the movies, etc. And when I looked at witchcraft only through the eyes of, let's say, a Celtic background and a Celtic, um, and when I say Celtic, I mean uh, traditional English view, I realized that that word witch translated to shamanist, a shaman in other cultures, a medicine woman. And it translated that role of the feminine divine from being not just a woman, but being a medicine woman, being a medicine person. So I started to, to, to go out there and it was me discovering shamanism. It was me discovering, oh God, when I think about, <laughs> I wish I had my bio here, but everything from shamanism, looking at Wicca, 
finding a British traditional um, lineage that initiated me, I really got a sense of who I was as a woman. And to me, that was empowering, empowering in the sense of, you know, not that I felt I had power over anybody. It was empowering in my own sense of accepting my divine self and seeing that as, as an equal, okay, and doing rituals that I felt were life affirming. And that, that also not was just life affirming, but that acknowledged the divine in everything. Like when I, trees, like I've said, you know, we, we experience this life with other beings on this planet. You know, we've got the four legged, we've got the flyers, the swimmers and the crawlers. I mean, these are all other beings. Okay. Just because we don't understand them on our human terms does not mean that they are not, that they are any less valid to be on this planet. Just like the other life forms in plant life, you know, and the tall standing people, the trees, I mean, I can connect to that and feel that divine presence. I don't need to feel it in a human sense to connect with another human. I actually really like the idea of I can pick up a rock and feel it and really let it speak to me. When I can go outside and I can hug a tree, I know I'm a tree hugger, but I can feel its essence and how it communicates if I open my mind and allow to communicate with this. And then to be able to communicate, not just performing rituals or whatever, but to, to acknowledge that there's a spiritual world out there. There are other dimensions, you know, and, and they're out there. There are spirits that walk this planet, that walk other dimensions, other time frames. And to be able to tap into that is like, oh, my God, there is a universe out there. That was what was more empowering to me is to be able to connect with all of that. So as a woman, to be able to to, to kind of like throw away the shackles of, of what other religious beliefs were all about in, in, in what they thought my role should be, it was so freeing for me in that sense is that I stepped forward and went, wow, look at that. Oh, look at that. There's a country over there. And, and well, isn't that neat? They actually look at a woman as a shaman and they acknowledge her divine and that she's able to speak with the animals, speak with spirits. And wow, what a concept. I loved it. I thought it was, like I said, it was very empowering for me. So that's where I come from. And that's how I connect. And to be able to connect to the divine, I can feel it and sense it in everything. And to connect with others, to spirits, and know that spirits are trying to help me. They're trying, my ancestral guides are spirits that are trying to help me to, to fulfill my role here. Because one day, I'm going to be in that spirit world. I might be that plant or that rock. And I may choose to, to transform and be human again. But really... It's, it's opened that world to me. And I think that that's been mind blowing for me. It really has. You so just I hope get, I answered your question. Well, <laughs> you, you just uh, told everybody the kind of uh, woman that I would uh, like uh, in the leadership of the Church of Mary Magdalene and the Order of Mary Magdalene. Thank you, Father Fred. He never stops, does he, Jean Jerome? <laughs> That's, the that's the uh, 
we're living in a, a time of tension. Uh, you know, if yeah. I if I have to say confession uh, these days, uh, it's because I continuously um, verbally chastise Donald Trump. But <laughs> in the time of Donald Trump, uh, we in the United States uh, had the most qualified woman that ever ran for president and probably more qualified than uh, the majority of men that have ever run for president. But, Michelle Obama? <laughs> but, well, now that we're talking about the future now. But yes. uh, in, in the case of uh, Hillary, um, what happened to Hillary in a simple uh, analysis is the gang of men, I'm mm -hmm. talking globally, uh, put a stop to her efforts using everything in the book, in, in, including uh, religion and foreign influence. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, what did she say uh, sometime back? Uh, a vast uh, political conspiracy. Uh, mm -hmm. And that happens with women as they grow inside and outside of church life. But the two of you uh, gave great reasons for where I am in my life because we're talking about the kind of spiritual uh, leadership, the kind of spiritual life that we work for and hope for the future. Yes. yes. And, uh, and Teresa, um, I, I ask Donna quite often, um, those kind of questions. How do you see this different than the way that I express it? And she mm -hmm. will then tell me, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, as long as I've lived with Donna, uh, I have no way of knowing how she sees things unless mm -hmm. she's telling me and being right. quite frank uh, right. because she's lived in a male uh, dominated house in a, a male dominated city in a male dominated <laughs> state. So, Male-dominated society, that's our civilization, is still very much that worldwide. It's not just America. It really isn't. And yet, here, if we talk about I just want to bring this, this one point up. Um, Hillary aside, when I look at countries such as um, uh, Israel, who had... Um, uh, Golda Meir. Yes, thank you. And when I look at England, who had Margaret Thatcher, when I look at India, okay, each of these countries, male-dominated, okay, still formidably went forth and did what they did and accomplished in a male world and fulfilled leadership roles and did so on their terms, because let's face it, they couldn't come in there in any other way, but they were able to communicate it properly within themselves and to go forward from their understanding as women. 
And that's key here. It's to live in a man's world and know how to, how can I put it, um, flow like a river and go through all the cracks so that you get to where you need to be, right? That's how I look at it as a woman. But again, and I'm using water analogy. And every once in a while, uh, a really dynamic woman uh, breaks out of the mold, as in the case of New Zealand. Uh, and oh my God, yes. And how could I miss? Oh my God, yes. Thank and, you for bringing her up. She's amazing. Amazing. And she's um, breaking all the molds. Absolutely. All showing, more power to her. I love her. Showing uh, great courage in the process. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and I also want to mention there is also an African leader. Jean Jerome, do you know who I'm speaking of? I forget what uh, African country is it. She's a, a woman uh, that, uh, as soon as she became a president, wiped out all of those child marriages. Yes, her. I don't know her name. Jean Jerome, do you know who it is? Who no, I'm talking I about? Again, I can't remember the name. Again, another formidable woman who had come forth. And just said, you know what? We're done with this. We're done with this patriarchal whatever. We'll use your ways, but we'll use them in a very constructive and liberal way. So using that political system to their advantage and, for, and really actually fulfilling what we're supposed to do spiritually is to live politically that way too. You're looking for her name, right, John Jerome? Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. And and really going forward as leaders in a political world, which I think we have to embrace a certain amount of spirituality. It's not just about greed. It's not about doing the politically correct thing and handshaking and, and, and arms control or arms dealing or whatever and, and everything to do with consumerism. It's about bringing humanity, bringing a human aspect to politics again. And these are the women that are going forward in the world. And that's why I'm so impressed with, with the woman, uh, with the, I forget her name. Again, I'm not good at names. In um, when you're thinking of it, it there's a uh, Chief Kachindamato. Kanchinamoto. Can you do a picture of her? I might recognize her by picture. Anyway, so she's amazing. Malawi. Malawi, that's it. That's her. Teresa, that's it. Her name is Teresa. Go figure. Her name Go is figure. Teresa Kachindamoto. Was the youngest of 12 children born into a family of chiefs. And she's the one who has out broken up 850 child marriages. Anyway, exactly. We have women like her, and then we have the the uh, prime minister of New Zealand. I don't know her name. It, her name escapes me too. But these are the women, you know. These are the women that are going to be going forward into politics. That's her. That's her. She's awesome. I love her. Teresa. That's the that's the kind of yay, Teresa. Teresa Power. <laughs> Those are the kind of women that we want in this world that are going to lead. You know, I'm tired of the male 
you know, leading politics all the time. Let's get some women out there. And we've got some very strong women and women who are going forth and we are looking to them as leaders. I mean, the prime minister of New Zealand, she's amazing and she's awesome. And that's what I think that women really need to be empowered in that sense is to bring back that spiritual sense, the, the, the sense of doing right by their community, by doing right for their society, by doing right by their country. And Asinda that has a spillover effect. Her name is Asinda Ardern. Asinda the New Ardern. Zealand. New Zealand. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And I think that's important. I really do. And um, so, uh, anyway, that's all I have to say. I'm all about women power. You know that. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I just looked down and uh, there is a very smart lady um, and I cannot say her name, uh, but pronounce it correctly, but uh, she posted uh, uh, about the uh, first uh, he uh, female head of um, the church Yay. in Africa. Uh, he, uh, I, I'm going to mess it yeah, up. Yeah, there, 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 yep. That's her. Uh, a very smart lady to uh, be able to Emily share Johnson. that with us. Yeah. yeah what, I, sorry. I, mean, I said the longest yes, serving is, female president in African history, Nobel Peace Prize laureate Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, was the first elected female of state in Africa. She initially ran for president in 1997, losing to Charles Taylor. Sir Leaf ran against almost a decade later, winning in January 2006 and serving two consecutive terms until she left office in January 2018. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Uh, exactly. You know. Thank so, you, Ayanita. Uh, all three of us, or are, are four of us, uh, all we have to do is listen to one another, share with one another, and we'll open the future for talented women and compassionate, talented men. Absolutely. Yes. Ashe, Father Fred. And that's what's changing. And we need women to step into those roles. And we need men to be our partners and to 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 help us with that. And to, to because this is a new world. If anything, this this whole COVID thing has taught us what we've been doing up until now doesn't work. It doesn't. We have to go back. We have to go back to who we are simply to go back to recognizing what's important, how to treat this earth with, with respect, how to treat each other with respect, you know, and, right. and going. We got to go forward. We can't go backwards. We can't. We can't hold on to old ideas. Let's change those old ideas, you know. And the the United back. States right now is doing everything wrong in the context of um, uh, pandemic. Uh, we're not uh, addressing a universal problem with a national uh, set of uh, circumstances. Uh, we're not realizing that uh, as our populations grow, as we get more crowded, as we have deterioration of our environment, only with universal solutions 
looking to the future, do we make it? Mm -hmm. The model of the past, which is what we're dealing with in, in the United States, people that are uh, kicking and screaming because they don't want to wear a mask. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're know. Look, looking out for their own self-interest and not realizing that I wear a mask, I'm protecting you. You wear a mask, you're protecting me. Mm -hmm. So, I know. Uh, so uh, I, I think that um, if, if anyone listens uh, to your broadcast uh, in archives, is going to see a theme running through it, and that is together we can make the future. Uh, we're talking spiritually and actually. Absolutely. And I think that, if I may, that, that is perhaps the most critical thing. Because at the end of the day, one of the reasons we, we did this show, again, was to mm -hmm. uh, re respect you know, the, the journey our ancestors began, right? Which is we, we, we look at as our life. But again, to understand that we each have an individual mission. But that mission is not in a vacuum. And that mission touches on the lives and the, and the survival of our communities, our families, and the world. And if we spend more time looking at the commonality and how we can make yes. this world better, yes. pooling yes. On, with respect on our knowledge, our experience, and the divine. In other words, reaching into that spiritual, uh, you know, ether, Truth. if you will, or, or yeah. world, to look for healing, to look for solutions, to look for peace, rather than, you know, petty uh, you know, things of jealousy, envy, uh, you know, doing bad things to, to each other, and whether that everything that divides or, or us, any, anything which that can create divisions or cause negative or harm, the world would advance and we would leave a, a much better legacy for the planet, a much better legacy Absolutely. for our children and all the species on this planet, right? I think so. And Father Fred, I wanted to say, I totally agree with you. Ashe, absolutely, 100%, Jean-Jerome. We always, we always agree on those same terms. And I know Father Fred does. But Father Fred, I wanted to also say, as bleak as it may look for America, I look at America, there are some very strong, powerful women coming. And they're objecting. And their voices are being heard. And they are, again... They're the new leaders. There are four women of color that I, I can't name them all, but there's there's some very strong women that are coming forward. And I'm just like, yeah, you go because they are now speaking. They're being they're women coming into their power, coming into themselves and they're working in a man's world and they are coming and they are speaking, and they are strong, and that's what we need is that leadership. So, Father Fred, don't exclude your country entirely. Yes, it's doing something wrong, but out of that, you know, it's like when fire happens in a forest. It destroys everything, okay? But 
from those ashes, life starts. The new young buds start and they come up and they are strong. They grow. And that's exactly what I see happening here. I, I don't know who those four women are, but they're amazing. Okay. And they are really, they're the ones to be watching. They will lead. It is by their example that your country will survive. It I, has to. I, I need to uh, say goodnight to the two of you beautiful people. I hope we uh, All get right, Father Fred. See Thank you, Father Fred. Soon. Absolutely. Yes. Many blessings. Many blessings. Get them right. Yes, Father Fred. Glad Good night. Thank you so much. On this full moon. Yes. Happy Fourth of July to you and yes, to our Happy Fourth of viewers. July, Father Fred. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you you were able to come back and we were able to talk and and you know be ourselves. And and sure. my cat's telling me I gotta go now too. So you. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's that? Oh, nice. For you know what? I was sitting, <laughs> yes, I was sitting here and I was listening to fireworks in 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 Midland here going off, and I thought, oh no, anytime now, Zola and Stasha were going to jump up and uh, yeah. start barking. <laughs> so, so yeah. So to all our viewers, thank you very very much, Claire. Yes. Uh, to Yanifai Fakemi, Melvin, uh, Carol, yes, Melvin. Uh, Rainer, uh, everybody Rainer. who's tuned in, Anka, to, Christina. Uh, Lily, Christina, uh, Bo Kim, to everybody. I hope I haven't yes. missed anybody. But no. Lumei, to everyone who, who uh, Zarina, to everybody Lumei. who tuned in and left their remarks, questions, narrative, information. Thank you again for tuning into this 11th episode. We're very happy to have uh, uh, Bishop uh, Fred Ashmead back with us. And uh, I think yeah. we've got some very interesting uh, topics, which uh, it was nice to be able to have him back and to complete that, that, that cycle. Absolutely. From new moon to full moon. So Absolutely. I love it. No. And thank you, uh, Jean Jerome, for being my co-host and being patient and being my good padrino and my good buddy and all that kind of stuff. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. Have a wonderful weekend upcoming. Happy Fourth of July to all our American friends and everybody who celebrates here in Canada as well. You know what? I look at Canada and, and the Fourth of July is just one big happy, uh, you know, Time to celebrate. Get out there and, and do things that you want to do. Absolutely. Safely. Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, good night. Okay. Thank good you. night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Let's see everybody say good night. That's uh, going to say good night and all that stuff. Okay. That's it. And uh, bye, Carol. Bye, Annie. Bye, Anita. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. Okay. Good night. Bye. Adios.